Hey, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? You guys good? Hey, who's excited to be in church? Is anybody happy to be? Come on. Hey, I know I am because we are wrapping up this series called Don't Be a Jerk Face. It's been a lot of fun for me. Hopefully, uh, we've grown and learned a lot along the way. And if you're a guest here, I want to say welcome. My name is Colby. I'm the pastor uh, of Elevate Church. And uh, you picked a great time to join us because, again, we're finishing up this series. And I'm believing that today God is going to do something amazing in your life. And I just can't wait. Uh, hopefully you came in with an expectant heart. Hopefully you have good soil that's prepared to receive what God has for you today. Anybody ready to receive? Come on. That God's got some great things for your life. I believe that. I believe that. Um, I don't know about you, but whenever I travel any place, I'm the guy that likes to take uh, as few items as possible. Like, I just want to pack, like, barely anything, all right? Because I don't want to check a bag. I hate checking a bag. You know, I want to go quickly through security. I'm, I'm taking, a, you know, a travel, like, bag. That's about it wherever I go. However, when I travel with my family, it's a different story. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, you travel with your wife, and she brings bags, or, or I travel with everybody. I have four little ones, and so if we go any place, I mean, it's like a caravan of luggage. Here's a picture uh, of me and my boys walking through the airport. And that's after we've checked stuff, by the way. After we've checked car seats and, you know, big bags and everything we can. In fact, we, we get in the line at security and people come in line behind us and my family. And there is literally weeping and gnashing of teeth because they're like, could you please move? Uh, but I've been into the airport and I've seen people carry all kinds of stuff. Like these massive bags, just baggage everywhere. They're going from, you know, wherever they are to a, another destination. It's like, you know you don't need that much stuff. I mean, you're carrying way too much stuff, especially if you're going to, like, the, the beach or someplace. You know, you need some flip-flops and you need a swimsuit. That's basically all that you need. But you'll see people carry all kinds of baggage. They're just loaded down with so much weight, so much that they carry. And I would like to propose that, uh, that's like us in life, that along the way, you and I pick up so much baggage that we carry with us, that we take on this journey called life to places that we don't even need it, stuff that we shouldn't even be carrying, but we refuse to let it down. We refuse to put our baggage down, and instead it has a chokehold on our life, that we carry it with us from place to place, stuff that we don't even need. And I would propose to us today that the greatest area of our life where we carry baggage and pick things up is in the area of offense. When someone hurts you, when someone wrongs you, when someone does something to you, that we carry this offense with us. But here's what I'm also believing today, is that God is going to do something supernatural in your heart and in your life, and that you're going today lay something down that you've been carrying for a long, long time, some piece of baggage that you don't need to carry with you, an offense that you've been holding on to. Because some of us in this room, you are not living the life God created you to live because you refuse to let go of that thing that you've been carrying for far too long. And today, God is gonna give us a divine release of the hurt that we've experienced in our life. And I'm not trying to uh, downplay what's happened in your life. Don't hear me say that at all. The experience that you've had, the, the bad offense that you've, you've had in your life. I'm simply saying that I believe God still moves and that he can move mountains in your life. Come on, somebody. Something that you've been carrying for a long, long time 
you can let go of because you don't need it. You have baggage that you're holding on to that you don't need for the destination that you are going to. So today, I'm believing that God's going to allow you to lay it down, that you're going to walk out of here lighter than when you came in without losing a single pound, all right? Without losing any weight. Actually, you are going to lose weight. You're going to lose the weight of unforgiveness. You're going to lose the weight of bitterness, of that thing that you've been holding on to. So I can't wait to see what God is going to do in your heart and in your life. For some of you, you're just going to walk out of these doors a little bit lighter. You're going to walk out of these doors with a little bit more freedom. And I'm not talking about uh, even just working on a little bit of, of forgiveness in your heart. I'm talking about letting it all go in Jesus' name. Amen. That Jesus can allow you through his power to let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Come on. Can't hold me. Like, seriously. Like, today you're going to let some stuff go. But we need to understand, first and foremost, how offense happens. Because here's the reality. In fact, write this down. We will get offended. Like, every single one of us in this life will, will be offended at some point. There's no one in this room that's going to be able to live an offense-free Life, it just doesn't happen. It's not reality. In fact, if you would say, no, no, I'm hoping to live an offense-free life. Listen, you're going to have to crawl into a bunker somewhere and not have interaction with another human being, you know, and even then at some point you're probably going to offend yourself, all right? I'm just saying. It's not possible that we won't go through life offense-free. Like, we will get offended. Someone's going to do something to you that they should not have done, and it's going to hurt you. Someone's going to say something to you that they should not have said. It's going to offend you. Someone's going to be a jerk face to you. They do something or, or not do something that they promised they would do. Come on. Like, right? And they said they would do, but they, they didn't do. They didn't stand up for you when they said they, they would, but they didn't do it. And you're going to take offense to it. And then someone's going to pass you by, walk right by you. You think that they saw you. Right? They're going to walk right by you, and you're going to take offense to it. I don't know if you've ever been in the grocery store and see somebody that you know, and like you know that you saw them and that they saw you, but they just walk right by you. And then you go out to your car in the parking lot and go, how rude. What a jerk. You know, right? Like, I know they saw me. They were looking right at me. How many of you know that you can be looking right at something and not see it at the same time, Right? Like, because you got 100,000 different things going on in your mind. Maybe you're thinking about that phone call, you know, from work or whatever it is. But someone's going to walk right by you, and you're going to take offense to it. You're going to be offended. None of us are going to live this life offense-free, all right? So that's the first thing. Offense will happen. Your best friend, the one that you thought would be by your side forever, is going to offend you. Your mom, your family member, they're going to offend you. I promise you at some point... I'm going to say something that's probably going to offend you. And here's why offense happens is because we're human. We're human. And that's not an excuse. But that's just saying that we're human, which means we are broken people. And broken people, you know, sometimes break things in other people. Offense is going to happen. And when you're offended, you have a choice. Everybody say choice. You have a choice. And it's a big choice, by the way, when you're offended you can choose to either um, be offended or, or take on the offense. And there's a big difference between being offended and actually taking on the offense, taking offense to it. And I believe that as we grow and mature in our faith and become you know, more and more like Christ, which, by the way, that's the goal. Every time we get together, 
for those of you that are followers of Jesus, and I recognize that's not everybody in this room, that some of you, you're kind of kicking the tires of church and checking this whole thing out, and I'm so glad that you're here. This is a safe place to do that. Bring your questions about who is God and what Jesus has done for you. You are so welcome here. But every time, for those of you that are followers of Jesus, the goal is to become more and more like Christ, for us to grow and mature in our faith. And I say that because I think as we mature, as followers of Jesus, you can be offended without taking offense. You follow? Like you can being offended is like, oh, you said something that hurt me. You did something that that you know offended me. But taking offense is different. I don't have to hold on to it. I don't have to to carry that that with me. But some people are so easily offended, and we know who you are, by the way, because you post about it online. How offended you are? Like Jesus, help us, right, man? Stop that. We're so easily offended, and as we mature in our faith, honestly, we should be less and less offendable because we understand that people are people and that we're all broken. We're all, you know, a little bit of a jerk face to some degree. In fact, tell your neighbor right now, hey, you're just a little bit of a jerk face. Go ahead, let them know because they forgot. And so go ahead, let them know right now. Just a little bit. You're a little bit. So the process is we get offended because offense happens, and the next thing is that we take on the offense. And let me talk about that a little bit more. What does that mean? That means that something that was external that happened to us, we start to internalize. We begin to take on that offense. We begin to nurture it. We begin to let it grow in our heart, allow it to to take root in in our heart, and bitterness begins to to grow up. Now that offense that was just an offense, now begins to shade everything that we do. It begins to twist our mind and our thinking, and we begin to, you know, make assumptions and create false realities about that person that offended us, which I'm not saying any of us in this room do that. I've just heard that you can, you know, create false assumptions about people. We create false assumptions about them, you know, thinking things like, oh, I know they saw me at the grocery store. They don't even like me. They don't even like my kids. They probably don't like my dog, right? We start to create these false assumptions. And what's even worse is we can formulate opinions about people, not even based on what they did to us, but based on what someone else says about them. Like, that's a great way to live your life. Like, formulate how you see people based on the opinion of others or based on what you see on Facebook because we know all that's true on there. But so we begin to take on the offense. You, you, can, you can take offense to one thing that someone said. Take one sound bite, take it out of context, not even really know the, the whole story, and it can take offense in your life. So we take it on, and it begins to shade every area of our life. Because that's what, what happens. It, it, it builds up in our heart. It builds up in our, our mind. And an unaddressed offense will eventually build offense. An unaddressed offense will build a fence. Say that five times fast, right? An unaddressed offense will build. Actually, it's not that hard. Don't do that. But it will build a fence. Because what happens is resentment leads to bitterness. And bitterness in your life, if not addressed, if not dealt with, Right, we'll, we'll kind of build this fence. And not just, by the way, between you and that person that offended you. It's not just going to stay there. Like bitterness has a way of bleeding into every relationship that's in your life. 
is not just going to be confined or compartmentalized to that one thing, to that one instance, to that, that one person. No, bitterness has a way of, of affecting all of it. Bitterness is like, like a cancer that eats its way through your entire body. You can, you'll be bitter and it's going to affect your relationships with your family, with your, your marriages, with your, your friends. It affects everything in your life. That's what bitterness does. And when we hold on to it, we just build a fence. We don't just build a fence around uh, that one person, but we build a fence in all of our, our relationships in life. One interaction can contaminate every relationship when it builds bitterness and bitterness in our heart. Proverbs 14.10 says this, each heart knows its own bitterness and no one else can share in its joy. So I say that to say it's naive to think you can confine it to that, that, that one instance, that one person. Bitterness will contaminate all of your relationships. And by the way, everybody can see it. That's the, that's the sneaky little secret about bitterness. Every, you think you're hiding it, but everyone knows you're carrying that bag of bitterness in the airport. You got too much stuff. You're carrying it to places that you don't need it, that you won't let it go. I could talk to somebody after service for five minutes and know whether or not they've been offended somewhere in their life. Why? Because bitterness just oozes out. Bitterness impacts every area of your life. It would be one thing if it stayed within that one offense, but it doesn't. Bitterness will shade your whole heart. And so that's what happens is we get offended, and then we, we take on the offense, and the result is broken relationships. Write this down. We become imprisoned by the offense. That's what happens. We are held hostage by one person's decision to hurt us, to offend us instead of living in the freedom that God has for us. God doesn't want us to, to be held hostage by hurt. God doesn't want us to carry around the baggage of bitterness, the baggage of unforgiveness throughout our life, going to places that he has planned for us. And again, I'm not trying to minimize what happened to you. Like, I know they hurt you. Like, I get that. I know that they stood at the altar and they stood before God and man and said, hey, in sickness and in health, for better, for worse, you know, uh, for richer, for poor, till death do us part. And when things got bad, they got going. And I know that hurts. When things got bad, she got going or, or he got going and they left for no good reason, but you're hurt for a very good reason. I'm not trying to minimize that. Listen, I know that hurts. I know it hurts when, you know, they said they got your back, you know, that they were your best friend and then they stabbed you in the back. Like, I get that that hurts. I'm just saying, God doesn't want you to be held hostage by that hurt for your entire life. Like, but that's what it's doing. You become a prisoner. You become imprisoned by that offense you're, you're holding on to. it. I'll say it this way. Why would you hand over control of your life to the person that hurts you? Because that's what you're doing when you hold on to the offense, when you carry it with you. And the pushback a lot of times will be people will say, no, no, Colby, you don't understand. Like, you're confused. Because when, when I hold on to that bitterness, they know it. Like, and so every time I see them, they know I'm mad at them. I'm getting them. Every time I see them, I give them the stink eye, and they know what they did to me. Right? So I'm holding on to it. Let me ask you a question. One, how's that working for you? Two, is that thing that you think that they're holding on to or that you're keeping from them, that offense that happened in your life, don't get mad at this, they haven't even thought about it. 
A lot of times they don't even know they offended you. But you carry it around and you think about it. In fact, every time you see them, you think about it. They haven't thought about it in years. Every time you pass by their neighborhood or pass by that house and you remember that offense, you know, that's in your life, you think about it. They haven't thought about it in years. They haven't even considered it. And when you say, well, I'll show them. Like, I'm going to, I'll take them. I'm not going to let them in my life anymore. I'm going to lock them out of my life. Who's the prisoner in that situation? Like, who's showing who? Because you're not showing them. They haven't thought about it. But you are imprisoned by this bitterness. You're imprisoned by the offense because you continue to hold onto it in your life. So that's what happens. We get offended. We take offense. We take it on. We internalize it. And then we become imprisoned by it. And again, not in just one situation, not in one scenario. It's not relegated to one person, but bitterness has a way of bleeding into all of your relationships and shading all of your relationships and affecting them all. And it begins to build this fence up in your heart and in your life. I'm calling this message, if you want a title, The Fence of Offense. The Fence of Offense. So what's the answer? The answer, one word. Here's the answer for it. Forgiveness. All right, let's pray and go home. God, thank you so much. No, that'd be terrible. Because some of you are thinking, wow, that's easy. Like, wow, Colby, you make it sound super easy. I can just, oh, I just forgive them, and then we're all good. Listen, I didn't say it was simple. I didn't say it was easy. I simply said that is the answer. It is the answer. Forgiveness. And by the way, Jesus is our model of this. Because it was Jesus who, while hanging naked on a cross, beaten beyond recognition, nails driven in his wrists, in his hands, in the middle of all that, not, not after he was raised back to life, not after his body was healed and, and things were all good, but in the middle of that beating, in the middle of being crucified, not after you know the Romans came to him and said, oh, we're so sorry, please forgive us, Jesus. Not after the, the Pharisees came to him and said, oh, we're so sorry, please forgive us, Jesus, because they didn't. And I say that because some of you are waiting for that person who offended you to come seek you out and ask for your forgiveness. And if you're waiting for it, guess what? You're going to be waiting a long time. And by the way, if them seeking your forgiveness is your prerequisite to you extending forgiveness, that's not how it works. Like that can't be your prerequisite to giving forgiveness. Well, when they come back and they're, they're sufficiently sad... They, they paid their dues, they paid their penance enough, then I'll forgive them. No, 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 Jesus in the middle of the beating, in the middle of the crucifixion, in the middle of the persecution, what did he say? He said, Father, come on, forgive them. Not after, in the middle of it. Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing, right? Which means that that being our model, that in the middle of it, in the middle of that offense, we should say, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. Not, hey, forgive them when they're sufficiently remorseful. Not forgive them when they've come back, crawling back, hands and feet, ugly, snotty, crying. But you forgive them in the middle of it. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying that that's, that's the answer. Jesus in the middle said, Father, forgive them without the assurance that anybody would receive that forgiveness. In fact, I would argue that he knew everybody, not everybody would receive that. But in the middle of it, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. And again, I'm not downplaying the hurt that's in your life, but I just 
would suggest God doesn't want you to be held hostage by that hurt, that you're carrying around a baggage of offense that it's time to let go of. And so how do we do this? How do we forgive? Three things. The first is this. Write it down. Pray for the offender. Like, pray for him. Over and over in Scripture, God tells us like that we are to pray for our enemies. Luke 6, 28, bless those who curse you and do what? Pray. Pray for those who hurt you. Romans 12, 14, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them and do what? Pray. Come on, pray that God will bless them. Let me give you one more. Matthew 5, 44, but I tell you, love your enemies. And what's that word? It's highlighted. All right, it's right there. Pray for those who persecute you. So over and over, God says it's your responsibility. Like we have a mandate to pray for our enemies. Pray for those who hurt us. Now I know what some of you are thinking. Oh, I'll pray for them, all right. I'll pray that they get a severe case of hemorrhoids. I'll pray. I'll pray they get adult acne on their eyelids. You know, that's what I'm going to pray. That would be awful, by the way. He says, no, don't do that. Don't curse them, right? Pray blessings for them. So he says, pray blessings. So that's where we start, by praying for them. And can I tell you something? Praying for that person that hurts you is really not about the person that hurts you. You need to know that. In fact, this is going to free some of you up today. Proverbs 20, says, don't say I will get even for this wrong. Like, wait for the Lord to handle it. And he can handle it a lot better than you can handle it. And so I just say, don't worry about it. God's, God's got that. So praying for them is not as much about them as it is about you. Because when you pray for that person that hurts you, it probably won't change them, but I guarantee it will change you. I guarantee it will begin to break up what has been, been hardened in your heart. It break up that bitterness, that, that fence that's being built in your life when you pray for them. Praying for the offenders like taking antibiotic for the, a bacteria of bitterness. That's what it's like. It's helping to heal and bring healing to that infection that's in your life. So pray for them. And you got to start somewhere. You know, just, just pray. Maybe, maybe all you can come up with is, God, all right, God, I pray that you would bless them. Not a lot. Right? Let's keep it real. A little bit. But bless them. Maybe you start there. And by the way, honestly, not, not like this. Say, let's say, I'm sorry if your name is Scott. Let's say Scott offended you. And you would say, God, I, I pray for Scott. Because if that's what you have, you just say, God, I pray for Scott. Sometimes I think God will go, okay, go ahead. No, 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 God, I mean, this Scott offended me. He was a jerk face. And so I pray for Scott. God will go, okay, go ahead. See, I think sometimes it's a cop-out for us. Well, I pray for that person. I pray for that person. God's like, okay, do it. Like, formulate some words. Put words together. Make sentences. Pray for them. And so some of us, it might just start with, God, I, I pray that you would bless them. Maybe as you grow and mature, right, it's, it's God, uh, I pray that whatever was broken inside of, of them that caused them to hurt me would begin to heal in their heart and their life. Maybe it starts there because you do know hurt people hurt people, right? Because they're broken. 
That's why they, they wanted to break something inside of you. In fact, the, the reason they hurt you is because somewhere along the way in their life, someone hurt them. And it was never healed. The reason they, they wanted to, to break you was because somewhere in their life, someone did something that, that they lashed out at them. And so they lashed out at you because it was never healed. And if you refuse to forgive them, all you're doing is perpetuating that pain. All you're doing is continuing in that cycle. You'll be another hurt person that hurts people, is what I'm saying. You'll be another broken person that wants to break something in others. And so praying for them is not really about them. It's about you. It's about beginning the process of, of what's been broken in your heart and in your life restored. And so maybe you start there. Just, I pray, God, that you would bless them, that you would bless them. Maybe you graduate. God, I pray that, that they would know you if they're far from God. God, I pray that person would know you, that they would find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. And maybe even you get to that place, maybe, where you say, God, I pray that you would bless their family. You pray blessings over them. And I'm not saying you start there. But you got to start somewhere. You pray for the offender. Here's the second thing that you do. You have to address it. Address the offender. And I think this is where we get ourselves into some trouble. Matthew 18, 15 says this. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. By the way, the Bible doesn't say her because she ain't got no faults. No, I'm just kidding. That's just an older version. So it doesn't mean that she doesn't have any faults, all right? I just want you to... Be clear on that. Your version probably says, you know, if, if someone sins against you, go and show him their faults and look at it between you and them alone. Whenever someone hurts you or offends you, you have to address that offense, if at all possible. And I say that because it's not always possible. Maybe that person that hurts you or offended you, maybe they passed away. Maybe it's something that happened a long time ago in your life. Maybe it was a family member and they're, they're long gone or, or somebody that you don't have access to their life anymore. I'm just saying if at all possible, when you can, if you have a relationship with them, you have to address the offender. You have to go to them. Can I, can I quickly pause for a short little pastoral moment? Go to them, not go to social media, not go to your mom, not go to your friends, not go to your bestie with the issue. You go to that person first. Why? If you take it to your mom, your issue's not with your mom. She can't do anything about the issue. If you take it to your, your best friend, they can't do anything about the issue. Your issue is not with them. That's why it says you go to them First, you go to them individually and you address the offense. The only reason why you would go to someone else is because you want them to validate the bitterness that's in your heart. And you don't really want anything to change. Like you only go to, to people that you know are going to get to your side and say, oh, yeah, girl, you're right. He's a dog. He hurts you. You know, forget that. The only reason you do that is to have somebody tell you what you want to hear, not what you need to hear. You want to, them to come into your pity party, drink your Kool-Aid, right? So you can feel better about being bitter. And God says, don't do that. I mean, the goal is for us to, to live at peace in our, our relationships. The goal is for us to, to have forgiveness. And so we need to go to them, go to that person alone, not to someone else uh, in fact, if you keep reading in Matthew 18, he gives us an outline for the mature, godly way to address the offender. It's like you f go to them first. If that doesn't work, you take someone else that loves God, that loves you, that loves that person, and then you go to them. He gives us a step-by-step -step process 
for how to handle in a God-honoring way an offense, all right? So there's your pastoral moment for the day, all right? Just so you know. Like, that's how we do it. But you have to address it. And here's how, three steps. Never accusatory. Like, I promise you, if you begin to use absolute kinds of language, meaning uh, words like never and always, it's going to shut the conversation down immediately. Like, if you go to that person and say, hey, you always do this or, or you never do this, you know what that does? It puts them on their heels. It causes them to dig in, go into defensive mode. So don't do it. In fact, here's three ways, three things that you need to do. You go to that person, you say, I don't know if you realize this happened, whatever it was. Here's how it made me feel. Not here's what you did, you always, you never. That's not gonna work. Here's how it made me feel. And three, I don't want there to be anything in between us. I don't know if you realize you did this. Here's how it made me feel. And I don't want there to be anything in between us. That is a great way to disarm right? Uh, uh, anything that could escalate, uh, a volatile kind of, of conversation when you confront the offender. Come on, like I, some of you guys in your marriage tonight, you need to go, honey, I don't know if you did, know that you did this, but here's how it made me feel. I'm trying to save you a fight this afternoon, everybody. I'm trying to keep you from sleeping on the couch tonight. I don't know if you realize this is how it made me feel, and I don't want there to be anything between us. Like if you do that, you, if you take that approach, I promise you it's going to help to, to break down that fence of bitterness. It's going to help to clear up the offense that's in your life. In fact, God's word says this, Romans 12, 18, that if at all possible, and again, it might not always be possible. I realize that. But if at all possible, as much as it depends on you, in other words, as much as it's within your ability to do, do everything that you can, everything you can, to live in peace with everyone. Live in peace with them. So pray for the offender. Address the offense. Here's the last one. I'm going to invite the band to come back out. And that is to forgive as you have been forgiven. Forgive as you have been forgiven. Colossians 3.13 says this. Bear with each other. Because we're all jerk faces a little bit. And so we're all going to offend people. We're, we're human. Again, not an excuse. But we have to learn how to do this well, how to bear with one another. We all got issues. And if you don't think you got issues, that's your issue right there, all right? You should know that. Pride is your issue. But we need to bear with each other and do what? Forgive. Whatever grievance you may have, how do we do it? Forgive as the Lord forgave you. How do we do this? Say it with me. You forgive as the Lord forgave you. Can I tell you something? You will never have to forgive someone who offended you for more than what God has had to forgive you of and me of. But, but Colby, how, how many times do I forgive that person that offends me over and over and over? Well, you forgive as the Lord forgave you. Well, to what degree? Do I forgive that person of everything? You forgive as the Lord forgave you. Like, like, but you don't know how bad it was. I'm not saying it wasn't bad. I'm not saying it didn't hurt. I'm just saying you forgive as the Lord forgave you. See, at some point in your life, God's gonna say, that thing you're carrying around, that offense that you are carrying around, you don't need it for the journey that you're on. Like, you're not, you're not being the you that I created you to be. 
You're not living the full life, the life of joy and the life of peace because you continually hold on to this, this bag that you won't let go of, this weight that you don't need. And at some point, you have to realize, hey, the only one in prison is you. That you're being held hostage by the hurt and you have to forgive. And how do I forgive? I forgive as the Lord has forgiven me. And if you don't know it, my God, he's forgiven us of so much. That while he was on the cross, while he was being crucified, while he was taking the punishment upon himself, the persecution, the whipping, the beating, the nails driven through his wrists and his feet, like gasping for breath in that moment, he said, Father, forgive them. He's forgiven us of so much. So how do we forgive? Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you forgiven you. So there are actually two invitations today. The first one is this. For those of you that maybe you are far from God and you haven't received that that free gift of grace and, and forgiveness that Jesus died on the cross for you for, that in the middle of, the Bible says that that while we were in our sin, that we were enemies of God, that Jesus went through that for us. So even if you feel like you've been running far from God, you feel like you're running the opposite way of God, I want you to know that Jesus died for what you're doing right now. And he wants to forgive you. Father, forgive them. And the way we receive that, honestly, is by by prayer, is by confessing that we're a sinner, like understanding our position that we needed a savior, that we desperately needed Jesus to take that punishment of our sin on him so that we could be forgiven of it and free of it by confessing him as Lord and savior, believing in our heart that God raised him from the dead. That's how we are saved. And we do that through prayer. In fact, here's what I want you to do. Would you bow your head, close your eyes all around this room. Here's the first invitation. For those of you today that you want to be forgiven for all of your sins, past, present, and future. That you understand that Jesus, in the middle of his persecution, died for your sins and my sins on the cross. He was crucified, dead, and buried, taking on the sins of the world in that moment, but being raised back to life so that we could find life in him and you've never allowed him to pay for your sins and and forgive you for all of your sins and remove them as far as the east is from the west well today is your day to do that to get this right to allow jesus and his death to cover your sins and i want to lead you in a prayer that does that uh you can use your own words i'm just going to help give you some language but if you'd say colby this is why i'm here i want jesus to cover my sins i want to confess him as lord I'm gonna believe that God raised him from the dead. I need to be saved right now. With every head bowed, every eye closed, would you be so bold as to just hold your hand up high? And just, in fact, it's not for me. I just wanna see who I'm praying with though. And just say, God, here I am. I wanna be forgiven. I wanna be set free. I don't wanna carry the baggage of my own sin any longer. Praise God for all of you. Amen, amen, amen. You can put your hands down. Just say something like this. You can whisper it, God knows. You can say it out loud. You say, Jesus, forgive me for my sin. I don't want to carry the baggage, the weight of my sin when you've already taken it upon you. And so I give it back. I say, thank you for dying for it. God, release me from my sin in my life. 
that I put my trust in Jesus and his death on the cross, that it will save me. I repent, I confess him as Lord and as Savior. And from this moment on, I'm gonna follow him with everything. I can't say thank you enough for forgiving me in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Invitation number two. I bet that while I was talking about offenses in our life, things that have happened to us, some hurt that we hold, that there was a name that came to your mind or a situation that came to your mind. It could have been something that happened a long time ago. It could be something that you're in right now. But I don't believe that God wants you to carry that any longer. I believe that if you're ever going to begin to have that restored in your own life and in your heart, and listen to me, I'm not saying that that relationship is ever going to be great between you and them. I'm just saying if you ever want to give it a shot, you need to begin to allow forgiveness to be released in your heart and in your life. You need to begin to let bitterness go. You need to allow God to come in through his spirit and take care of that offense and say, I'm not holding this any longer. It's not, I don't need it for my destination. I don't want to have it for where I'm going. All it's doing is keeping me in prison and in, in bondage to the person that offended me. And no longer is that person going to have a hold on my life today. Jesus, I'm going to let it go. And so here's what I'm asking you to do. Every single one of you got a luggage tag when you walk through these doors today. I want you to pull that out right now. And if you did not get one, our auditorium team is going to come forward. And if you just raise your hand, they'll make sure you get one. But I want everybody in this room to have one. You're going to need this. You're going to need this. Because here's why. I'm going to ask you to take that tag and write down the name or write down the situation, whatever it was that offended you, that thing that you're holding on to, that thing that you have not been able to put down or let go, and through the symbolic act of writing it down and bringing it and placing it on this fence, taking this card out and attaching it to the fence, that you will, in fact, say, I'm getting rid of it. No longer am I gonna hold this bag. No longer is it gonna hold me hostage that today, right here and right now, this fence of offense is gonna turn into a fence of forgiveness. That you're gonna be set free, letting it go. You're gonna leave out these doors lighter than you walked in. That's what I'm believing for in Jesus' name. And healing's gonna happen in two ways, by the way. For some of you, it's gonna be instantaneous. It's gonna be supernatural. That God is gonna invade your heart. You're gonna be able to let go of that offense just like that. For others of you, it might be a process where you would say, God, I don't even want to forgive, but I'm gonna pray for them. And you're gonna have to commit to daily praying for that person, for that offense that happened in your life. Listen to me, why on earth would you hand over control of your life to someone who hurts you? We say today, no longer, no longer. That offense is shading everything in your life. You think it's just between you and them, but it's not. It has a way of contaminating every relationship, and today we're gonna lay it down. So I'm gonna pray for us, and as soon as I'm done, I want you to bring that card and attach it to the fence. God, I pray right now, for those of us that have offenses that have been rooted deep in our heart, that we can begin to release that and let go of those, God, to give them to you. God, to say that we're, we're no longer gonna allow this thing to hold us hostage anymore, but God, we're gonna be set free, that we declare freedom from, from the harboring bitterness, 
We declare that the walls of of unforgiveness will be torn down in our life. And from this moment on, God, we are going to let them go. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.